You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 28 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line once again. It is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, happy, happy enough. How about yourself? I'm not bad. Well, I'm, I'm certainly in better health than I have been for the last um, couple of weeks. We are certainly looking forward, not looking back. And um, I mean, we've been having, we've had some fantastic um, results in the uh, in the Tool Station um, Western League, which of course we'll be we'll be reviewing um, this week. So another bumper weekend's action, which is great, isn't it? Because of course, at the beginning of February. And um, and uh, I, I say this by touching an awful lot of wood, but actually, you know, the, it looks like the bad weather is leaving us alone for now. It's currently raining, but we're, we're <laughs> yeah, but no, um, no, I agree with you. It's yeah, cancellations aren't really coming in as much as they definitely were a couple of months ago and stuff. So I think it's yeah, there's quite a lot of midweek games going on. So I agree, yeah, it's a lot, 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 lot to look forward to and lot to look back on. Excellent. Right then. Well, on this week's podcast, we hear from the Cadbury Heath manager, George Boone. They had a an excellent win at the weekend, so it'd be good to catch up with George again. We'll be welcoming back Tom Smith, the Welton Rovers manager, um, to the podcast this week. They've been they've gone for a bit of a blip, um, but um, they they've certainly emerged from the other end of that. If um, Saturday's result was anything to go by, and I just thought that there'd be plenty of people, of course, who follow first division football. We've been wondering what's been going on at Welton Rovers, and um, I thought the best man to ask was Tom. Anyway, we'll start off by looking at the fixtures played on Saturday, the 5th of February, and we kick off at Ashton and Backwell United, where the visitors were Millbrook, and a five-goal thriller here, Tom. Yeah, good place to start, and it was the away side who uh, eventually uh, ran out victors by three goals to two, so uh, yeah, pretty pretty decent game. And they'd been out without a win in four, so I'm stuttering quite a little bit. Um, but yeah, they did they did they did uh, did get, gain the three points twice going ahead in the game through Josh Toulson. Uh, but Ashton Backwell hit back on on each occasion um, and managed to set the game up pretty well, perfectly going into the final 20 minutes. It was level, level at two all, as I say. And uh, but it was Millbrook who went again ahead uh, went ahead again, uh, and that was substitute Charlie Knight popping up to to score the vital winner. Uh, Ashton unable to find a third equaliser uh, in the afternoon. So, yeah, Millbrook uh, back to winning away. So, good good, good away result for them. That's a bit of a headline writer's dream, isn't it? Was it Charlie Knight getting the winner there? That That's my understanding, yeah. I believe yeah. that's the case. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, a good night for Millbrook. Perfect. Knight in shining armour. He'd pop, yeah. You're you know, better at this than I am, I must admit. Well, I've... You know, I've got plenty of time on my hands. I'm uh-huh. thinking this stuff up. But, um, you know, if the listeners want to contribute, you know, to oh, yeah. uh, yesterday's headlines today, then um, we'll, we'll, you know, we can do that. Anyway, moving on to another five-goal thriller. This time um, it went in favour of the home team. Cadbury Heath took on Exmouth Town. It did. It was, yeah, another another 3-2 uh, result. And it went in the uh, the favour of the home side this time. Well, obviously, yeah, a bit, of a bit of a stunner, really, isn't it? Uh, Exmouth... Well, flying high towards the top, Cadbury Heath not so much, but uh, yeah, a debut to remember for, for Ali Boyer, uh, scoring a hat-trick in their 3-2 win. Uh, visitors are unbeaten in eight coming into this game, so yeah, I don't think many people have saw this coming, really. Uh, and yeah, especially after they went ahead inside the opening minute for Aaron Denny, he probably feared the worst for the for the hosts. Uh, but uh, yeah, Boyer grabbing his first of the afternoon 
uh, pretty soon after, in fact. So they, they weren't behind for long, uh, making it one all. Uh, but uh, Nathan Cooper yeah, scored again midway through the through the first half to put the Devonians back in front. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was it was it was uh, Boyer's afternoon. Uh, soon after the interval, uh, he scored again to make it two all. And uh, yeah, then on about the hour mark, um, he scored his third. So a, a perfect uh, perfect start to him, a hat trick, and uh, a free two win for Cadbury Heath over over Exmouth. Yeah, much fancied Exmouth, of course. They've been a, a real fixture since they joined the Western League. So that really is a, a fantastic result for a team that's toiled at the wrong end of the Premier Division for, well, pretty much all of this um, uh, of this season. Uh, we will, of course, reflect on that incredible um, home win against Exmouth. But um, that wasn't the only positive that there's been for Cadbury Heath um, fans because that was back-to-back wins um, for Cadbury Heath and that's where I started my conversation with George because um, obviously that's a sign that things are really going in the right direction. Uh, hi Ian, um, yeah definitely I think um, we, we played Tavistock the week before Saltash away and we ended up losing 3-1 but we played really really well and probably deserved some out of the game um, and then the Saltash game yeah it was, it was a great 1-0 win I think it just showed the boys, give them all a little bit of belief, really, that we can we can compete with the top teams. And then it was a bit of a shame that we had no game the week after. So we had a little two week gap, and then and then the game on Saturday against Exmouth, yeah. So, but back to back wins, it's, it's been been brilliant for us, yeah, brilliant. Because I mean, to be fair, not many people would have given you much of a chance against Exmouth before the uh, you know before the weekend, and that's no reflection on you. It's the fact is that Exmouth for the last couple of seasons have been pulling up trees at the top of the. Um, uh, of the league, but I mean, you obviously fancied your chances. How on earth did you do it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Exmouth were a great, great team. I think at the start of the season, they they were definitely one of my favourites to win the league. And um, obviously, when we went down there in August, they absolutely smashed us eight one. We we looked at the squad on Saturday. I think we had about three players um, from that squad in in August to uh, to Saturday's squad. Um, but yeah, we just set up. I think we've we've just been so much better defensively um, I've just been competing competing against the teams much much better the first half we, we probably rode our luck a little bit they they had the win with them but we got in at half time 2-1 we came out in the second half and just gave it a real go and we were excellent we were excellent and thoroughly deserved to win the game um, we know we know what qualities Exmouth have got and, and we're allowed to show great determination to stick in there it was a massive massive win for us but yeah I don't think many people would have been expecting that result One of the questions I want to ask you is what is the difference between you know the Cadbury Heath of now and the one that lost to Exmouth 8-0 at the beginning of the season Um, but I guess um, I mean you've you've sort of you've alluded to that anyway because you said that only three of your players were in that original starting lineup. but I mean there is another key difference as well and that is Ali Boyer isn't it I mean I I don't think Exmouth were expecting him on Saturday <laughs> no, um, he's been with us a few weeks, probably like three weeks now. Um, he signed from Cribs. He's been training with us really sharp. We've we've been lacking in the uh, attacking areas, um, and he was away when we played Saltash. And last week we didn't have a game, so um, he, it was his debut and uh, a perfect way to start. Really, could have gone any better for him. So uh, yeah, great start for him. Uh, but yeah, the the uh, the Exmouth eight one result. I mean, we had a lot of players then. For us, it was very, very early in the season. Uh, and a lot of these players moved on. Commitment with the travelling staff or maybe they didn't think they were just good enough for the level or they wanted to go and play elsewhere. So, yeah, a lot of that squad from August has, has moved on. And now we've sort of stuck with the, with, the, with, the, with the lads we've got now. We've got a lot of young lads who are getting really, really, really good week by week. I mean, 
we're looking at a lot of them between 19 and 22 years of age. So they're really, really young lads um, who are improving, improving every week. And we've, we've, we've sort of got where our 15, 16 man squad is now. Whereas earlier in the season, we had lots of players signed on and we didn't really know our best team. We didn't really know our best formation and stuff. But yeah, it's starting to come together a little bit now. Yeah, that coming together um, is a theme I can see in your results really since sort of late November because you, it feels to me like you've shored things up a bit at the back. You know, you, you, the games that you're playing now are a lot closer than the, the ones earlier this season where, you know, you were shipping four or five. Obviously, you mentioned that yeah. game against Exmouth, but you don't do that anymore, do you? And I suppose that gives you a really important, that gives you a really good platform on which you can build to take on these, these established sides. Definitely, definitely, and then there's there's so many teams in the league with with so much quality who can just put four or five past you if you're not at it. Um, and yeah, like we went to Buckland and then we lost two one, and we lost to Bridgewater three um, two, and then we ended up beating Ashton, and we had another close game with them where we lost right at the end one nil. Um, where really we should have at least taken a draw out of that game. But definitely, that's that's. I think we've really focused more on defending, putting bodies on the line, and at times realizing that the other teams have probably got more quality than us. And they're going to have more of the ball than us. But when we get the ball, we need to counter at teams, and when we got it, look after it and, and take our chances. I mean, a few of the teams we've been talking about in this interview, the likes of Bridgewater, Mousel, Tavistock, Exmouth, and Saltash, of course, as well. I mean, which yeah. um, which sides have caught your eye? Which sides do you think they're going to go well this season? I think I think I've been really impressed with Mansell at the start of the season. Obviously, I didn't they were new to the league, so we didn't know much about them. And I think Exmouth and and Tavistock would have been my favourites. But I think Mansell have been really really good, and they they play some really really good football as well. Um, but I've been I, I mean all the teams have just come into the league, and like <laughs> every game is so difficult as well. Um, every team offers something else. I think Exmouth are really like Exmouth are a physically big side, but they could also play their movement is great as well but um, yeah for me I think Mousel have been the standout one I think most teams will say it's the, foot, the football they play with passing out of the back and that they've, they've been a great addition to the league it's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, you know, a lot of these new sides in particular started, you know, with a real bang, as you'd expect. And, of course, you know, we, we, we you know, those of us who watched it over the last few seasons would have expected Tavistock and Exmouth to do well. But dare I use this expression, particularly on a football podcast, we are seeing a bit of levelling up because there are teams at the bottom of the division, like you, who've just beaten Exmouth Town, and like Ashton and Backwell, of course, who beat Mousel not that long ago, who are proving that actually there is strength in depth pretty much all the way down to the bottom of the uh, the Western League Premier Division. Definitely, definitely. I think the, the league's always been, been a tough league. Um, this year it's just obviously got even more difficult with the teams from South from Cornwall coming up into it. But like, there's, no, there's no easy games. There's no, no easy games. And, and that Ashton result, like um, last week against Mousel, fantastic result for them. And it just shows if you're not if you're not on it on the day that anybody anybody can beat you. Your next game is against Saltash, and um, given what happened earlier in January, I would imagine that they will have revenge on their mind. <laughs> yeah, so we got um, we got Longwood Green Wednesday night in the Les Phillips Cup, um, and then Saltash away on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, another tricky one. I mean, they're a very good side as well, Saltash, and yeah, they'll be looking looking to get some revenge on us and. We'll go down there. Everyone's buzzing at the moment. Real, real positive atmosphere at the club. So hopefully we can go down there and just and try and get another good performance, if not another good result. 
I mean, it really is a good time to be a Cadbury Heath fan because you're going to see some absolute fantastic football over the coming weeks. Um, you know, that Saltash game, obviously, that's going to be competitive. Then you welcome yep. Helston to Springfield. Then you welcome yep. Bitten to Springfield. And then you welcome Buckland Athletics. So you're going to, you'll be seeing some real Western League royalty, which is great for the fans. But, I mean, I guess from your perspective as, as, as manager, I mean, it's, it's going to be a real test for your side. It is. I think we've got nine games left, um, and it is going to be a real test. We haven't played um, Bitten yet, and Bitten are a very good side. We've got to play them twice. And obviously, like you said, Saltash, Helston, um, Buckland, we've still got to go to Ilfracombe as well. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what you're in the league for, playing these playing these teams, really competing with them. And I think, like, like we've said, the last couple of weeks and months where we've really improved and, and the results we're getting now, we've just got to back ourselves in all these games that we're playing. And why not? I guess that's one of the benefits of being able to play with um, a young side, like you've described. I mean, their football education really will progress in in matches like this. But after the result against Exmouth, they can't go into any of these games with any fear. There must be real belief that, you know, I don't think you're going to be winning all of them, to be fair, but you must feel confident that you can take points off of these sides. Definitely. And I think, I think definitely after Saturday, I think, the results we've had earlier in the season, the games that we've won, has probably been teams in the lower half of the table. Um, and then obviously the last two wins, Saltash and Exmouth, have been two teams in, in the top half of the table. And obviously Exmouth, who were challenging for the title right at the top. And I think after the game, you could just see in the changing room a lot of that, being like, yeah, we can, we can really compete against these teams right at the top. And at times this season, we've probably lacked a bit of experience. A lot of players who haven't played at the level before the standard. Um, from where we were at the start of the season where we didn't really have a squad so we had to build a, rebuild a whole new squad this season um, but yeah sticking with these young lads they're, they're really really improving and uh, we're really excited already like whatever, whatever league we might be in next season we're really looking forward to uh, where it might take us for next season I mean you're 16th at the moment and I know when we spoke earlier in the season you really wanted to sort of navigate Cadbury Heath away from the you know on the, from the bottom two positions in the table and it feels to me like you've done that because the gap between you and Ashton and Backwell in 18th is now is now really quite sizable so you know you, you must be pleased with the progress you've made since um you know since you 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 got involved with the club earlier you know since you became um, manager sorry definitely definitely i think when we spoke last time uh, when i said that we took over in june and we probably had about three or four players. So we were literally starting from scratch. It was going to be a real tough season, a real, real tough season. And the goal was always just to try and stay up in the stay up in the league. Um, and yeah, I think the main, whether one team go down or two teams go down, I think RA missed the finish out of the bottom two. Um, Ashton have got a few games in hand on us and Street are below us, but they've got a fair few good games in hand on us. But yeah, for us, that's, that's the goal, stay out of the bottom two. Um, we we got the points on the board at the moment, which is great, and we want to add to that. And, yeah, come the end of the season, it'll be great to finish out of the bottom two. And for us, that would be a really successful season from where we were in June to uh, to uh, not finish in the bottom two. So I think a lot of people would have probably thought at the start of the season that we'd have been right down there not winning any games this season from where we were, not being able to name probably a starting eleven. But, um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. At times, very difficult and tricky. But... Um, yeah, we're getting there. And my thanks to George Boone for his time. Now, moving on um, to, uh, well, this is, I think we had this one billed as a sort of a top of the table clash last week, Tom. Two of the Titans, two of the Goliaths <laughs> um, coming head to head. 
Mausel against Bridgewater United. Um, Bridgewater, of course, won the reverse fixture that happened earlier this season. And Mausel, well, they well and truly got their revenge, didn't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, perfect fashion for them. 5-1 win for the home side. Uh, and they've now won five, uh, now won nine of their last ten in the league. So they really are, yeah, teams to beat at the moment. Pretty much unstoppable. Mark Goldsworthy firing them into a, a tenth-minute lead. Uh, they then doubled their, their tally from the spot uh, through Hayden Turner. Uh, that was following a handball in the box. Uh, another penalty midway through the second half from Turner made it 3-0, so pretty much putting the, putting the game to bed at that point, you'd say. Uh, before Talon Mitchell then added his, his name to the score sheet soon after. So, yeah, 4-0 up and, uh, yeah, looking well, looking looking perfect, really. Uh, Jared Sims scoring a late fifth before George King did get one in, in stoppage time, a late, late consolation for, for the visitors. But, yeah, well, outstanding afternoon, outstanding performance from, from Mausel. Absolutely. And one last game we're going to cover in the Premier Division um, this weekend was um, the Somerset derby between Street and Shepton Mallet. And it was a pretty close one thing, Tom. Yeah, it was. This was, yeah, well, build up, big, big up before the game. I know there was a lot of... Yeah, a lot of, lot of stuff going on, and yeah, two two pretty decent sides coming together, and uh, yeah, gave us a, a, a pretty pretty dramatic derby clash. Um, and it was the away side who eventually uh, claimed the two-one win, a comeback win for them. Uh, Harry Foster uh, finishing pretty well to to put Street one up after about an hour or so, uh, but it was Mallet, yeah, getting back on level terms um, a couple of minutes later through Joe Morgan. So that was probably. Probably pretty important, obviously. Didn't want to didn't want to be behind for too long, so getting back on level terms, and uh, yeah, set up a, a frantic final final 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was Mallet who managed to to eke out the uh, the winner, uh, a late header from from captain Andy Martin. And yeah, fantastic result for them uh, the the local derby. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving on to the First Division, and we kick things off at Gillingham Town, uh, where the visitors uh, were Welton Rovers. Of course, Welton managed to return um, to winning ways on last week's podcast, but we didn't know whether or not that was going to be um, a false dawn. Well, I think all of those um, fears have been put to bed because Welton were, well, back back to usual ways, Tom. Yeah, this this could be a yeah real turning point for them, a 6-0 victory for, for Welton away at Gillingham and yeah they never really uh, took their foot off the gas uh, throughout a, a first half performance that yeah they'll yeah they'll hope to, to wrap up and, and yeah use again should we say um, Toby Cole putting them in front after about 16 minutes or so uh, Ben Witch then doubling the, the advantage soon after so yeah pretty pretty strong start from them uh, Cole striking again to make it 3-0 inside half an hour uh, and then in stoppage time in the first half, Chris Powell just added a fourth uh, to make it, yeah, pretty much game over come half time. Um, it did get a little bit frosty for well when they lost lost keeper Joel Manning to a red card early in the early in the second half. I think he hand, handled outside his area, uh, but uh, yeah, didn't obviously didn't deter them. Um, kept uh, managed to maintain that clean sheet, uh, and then scored twice in in second half stoppage time through Cam Allen uh, to to wrap up a yeah really impressive six 0 win. Very impressive. And, of course, back-to-back victories as well for Welton Rovers. So I thought it was a good opportunity to get Tom Smith um, back onto the podcast. And um, 
Well, I started my conversation by Tom with Tom by reflecting on a performance that's the Welton Rovers that we're all we've all got used to. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's been coming. Um, obviously, we were on a poor run of form going back a month or so over Christmas, and um, the last the last three or four games have, have been a massive improvement in how we've played. We've had better availability in regards to injured players coming back. Um, and it's been coming together slowly, not as quick as I would have liked, um, but it all sort of came together over the last couple of games, and, and Gillingham was a was a hell of a spectacle, and it was a, a very pleasurable Saturday, that's for sure. So, I mean, what has gone wrong then over the last month? Because, of course, you're on that phenomenal run, and I think that probably no, you know, anybody sort of sensible would realise that you know, in, in, it would have been a truly extraordinary feat to have continued that, you know, well, much longer, let alone for the entire season. But, you know, after that defeat at Almondsbury, you know, the wheels did come off a bit. What do you put that down to? Yeah, they did, definitely. Um, I mean, me, you know, as an internal member of the club, I, I see I see what happened and um, players being injured. We, we had such a... Uh, we had a, a great squad of, uh, in great depth. We spoke about it last time. Uh, we were on. We were. I was on the podcast, uh, and uh, we just got hit with seven or eight real big injuries. Um, and it was big players for us as well. And it was hard to replace those players. Obviously, you get put in the situation where you can go out and try and bring other players in, but you don't want to be that guy, and you don't want to be that club that brings in the players for the four, four, five, six weeks while people are injured. And then when your players come back who had such a great run earlier in the season, you've got to then make a decision. Do you, do you bomb out the new players you've brought in or, you know, are you loyal to the old players? So we didn't want to do that. We, we trusted in our reserves and our under 18s uh, and what we had around the club. And don't get me wrong, there were some great performances from individuals, but it was too big a feat to continue what we were doing with the players we had available. Um, and as I said earlier, now we're coming back to full strength. We're not 100% there, but we're, we're a hell of a lot closer than what we were. Um, that, that was definitely the issue. And, and like I said, back to nearly full strength on Saturday and it, we could show what we could do again. We, on, the, on the podcast, we've spoken to managers in both divisions who've talked about one of the challenges this year. Obviously, we've had the problems of COVID isolation, but we've also had people who want to go on holiday because they haven't been able to do that for two years. And other things as well, like, you know, family events, birthdays, um, weddings even. Um, uh, you know, clubs have had to contend with all of those things as the world sort of slowly returns to normal. And I wondered whether one of the key features of your extraordinary run at the start of this season was the fact that actually for you, availability had been good. Where other clubs had suffered, perhaps, you'd managed to keep a, a stable side. So it, was that the case? Do you think the availability problems that have plagued you over Christmas had actually been a, a help to you um, in the run-up to, uh, to to Christmas? Yeah, I think I think our availability has actually been brilliant. We're, we're not having many players that are unavailable for holidays or for or for weddings or anything like that our, our focus and availability for the games has been actually really good and, and, and even on the bad in the bad run it was still very good it was mainly mainly injuries um, and then of course we had the we had a little COVID outbreak in the club I say little I think I think in the end it was 16, 17 people in the club that ended up testing positive and that was that was massive for us and um, you know over Christmas didn't play for a long time I think we were getting close to six weeks without a game and of course some people get over COVID very differently than others and no one actually knows at the moment 
what long-term effects it has and we were a little bit worried coming back you know how many how many players would be the players they were previously and how long would it take to get back to them for them to get back to normal um and I think it did have an effect on the first couple of games back I really do I think a couple of players struggled and I know a couple of players mentioned of you know tight chest and other other symptoms but yeah it obviously has a massive effect um but to be honest like I said the availability was good um and is and is and is still good now and the injuries are getting better the situation with the injuries is much better than it was so no I I think it's I, I think we're back on track really I mean that poor run of form you know you came up against some very interesting sides shall we say I mean I think your game against Wing Canton um was a bit of a one horse race boom boom um, but then, of course, you you know you had the derby with Radstock as well, and um, and and obviously it was a last minute winner uh, for Sherborne Town at your place recently. So, it, 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 you know you've come up against some of the the sides that are competing in and around you at the at the top of the table uh, as well. I mean, what have you made of the, this sort of, of of run of games? Yeah, it's been a tough run. I mean, we always knew it was going to be a tough run. Um, me and and Will, my assistant, we we look at all the fixtures and you know break it down into a month at a time, two months at a time, and we knew it was going to be a difficult a difficult little spell. Obviously, with the Boxing Day game against Radstock being postponed and moved back, and then that being pretty much back to back with Sherborne and then Odd Down, which is always a big one for us, with them only being a few miles away, uh, we knew it was going to be really tough, um, and we weren't. We weren't quite ready for it with fitness and and everything else like we've just spoke about. But we, you know, we gave a good account of ourselves, and I think over those games we could see that we were getting back to where we were. Um, but no, I, thoroughly, you know, thoroughly enjoyed the games. It's always great to play against Radstock. Loads of people out there watching, a brilliant attendance out there, um, and it was hell of a game back and forth. Um, I genuinely think we were better when they had eleven. They got sent down to ten men. They sat behind the ball a little bit and, and made it difficult, and they were brilliant on the counter. Got two goals against us on the counter, and we had to work really hard and show some character to, to get the point there. Um, but there was a lot, of, lots of positives in that performance. A lot of positives. And then moving into the Sherborne game, that could have gone either way. Really good game of football. Um, really windy day actually at West Clues, but a brilliant, brilliant day of football. And, and, and that could have gone either way as well. And I had a good chat with our manager after, and you know he thought he thought very similar. But um, yeah, we knew we knew we weren't too far away then, to be honest. And then great result against Old Dine, and we we left it late in the Old Dine game to get to get the winner. Um, so you know a little bit of justification there, but. And then on to on to Saturday when, like I said, we were we were back to normal. But no, it was a tough run of games. Um, I would have liked a couple more points. If I'm being honest. So you've got Bristol Telephones coming up on Saturday. You've got to target that as a good opportunity to get three points on the board. Yeah, definitely. With with the way we've been performing at the moment, um, I think is is a game you look at where if if we want to achieve what we want to achieve, then at home to Telephones. We're looking to take three points, yeah, 100%. Um, they're having a bit of a rebuild down there. They've got um, some players in, some players out, so it's always hard, hard to predict what sort of telephones you're gonna you're, you're gonna play against. But um, from where we are and the way our performance has been over the last the last couple of weeks, then it's definitely one we'll target three points, yeah, definitely. And then you've got a really interesting week coming up next week because you've got Bath City in the County Cup, and you know I'm sure that'll be a big occasion down at West Clues. And you've got Warminster Town on February the 19th. Now, I mean, that game is a, is now a real six-pointer, isn't it? Because now that, that the race has really sort of um, thickened up at the top of the first division, a win against your rivals, Warminster, would, would really help put some daylight between the two of you. 
Yeah, massively. It's always a, it's always a big game against Warrenster. I think you know we've played historically played against each other for a long time. Um, certainly as long as I've been playing, and uh, and it's always a big game anyway. But yeah, the fact that we're both in the top three makes it you know as you said a six pointer, and both teams are going to be highly competitive and uh, and are going to want the three points, no doubt. But no, is we got to look at it any other, as any other game. Uh, massive spectacle for the club and be a great occasion for the fans, for the players, for, for us as coaching staff as well to come up against you know a, a much higher qualified coaching staff and. Uh, no, it's, it, that's, it's going to be a brilliant week all round. And that, like we said, we'll have a bit of fun with the bath one, try what we can do to progress, um, but not really put too much pressure on ourselves with that one. And then leading into the Warminster, that's the crunch game. And, and we'll be doing everything we can to get, the, to get the three points. Well, I'll be with you for that Bath City game because the club have kindly invited me along to run a bucket collection for Bath Mind as part of the mental health campaign we're doing. And part of that campaign involves us putting... Um, posters into your changing rooms and um, posters that are specifically designed with services that help young people who might be struggling um, with their with their mental health I mean I'm very grateful to the club for supporting this but you know from your perspective Tom as manager obviously you know you're in the dressing room you see you see the guys you know before the games you know what they're like why is this an important thing for you to be involved with I think it's a massively important thing I think uh, the demographic that we're in and the and the majority of the players in, in the tool station western league is is hard or is stereotypically a hard thing to talk about mental health and there's a lot of you know you see it day to day talking to players the, the amount of things that they've got going on in their own lives and lockdown had massive implications for people's mental health and that is it's an ongoing problem it's a problem that i don't think will ever go away but the fact that we can put you know reach out a hand and you know even if it's a poster with some numbers that people can speak to and just so they don't feel like they're on their own you know it's a massive thing i think people get a little bit embarrassed um especially in changing rooms you know stereotypical changing room locker talk locker room talk um but no i, I think you know if it can help and people can just take a glance and, and take a number down because no doubt everyone feels a little bit blue a little bit down sometimes and it's really it's really important that they they feel like they can reach out to someone so no i think it's a fantastic campaign and, uh, and we're privileged to get behind it as well and my thanks to Tom for his time. Now, moving on to Hengrove Athletic. And they've been in pretty good form of late. And they took on Titherington Rocks. And, of course, they've been on a very good run themselves. And it was Titherington who did the rocking at Hengrove, Tom. Mm-hmm. They really did, yeah. And uh, a perfect week for them. Uh, Cup in a perfect week. That was uh, three wins in the space of seven days, nine points from nine. So, uh, yeah, the, the Rocks are on the up. Um and it was, yeah, they're pretty, I would say they're pretty confident side at the moment, uh, going ahead after 28 minutes through Max Wilding. Uh, but it was Hengrove who yeah, managed to managed to hit back right at the end of the first half. Uh, Jack Cousins scoring an added time to, to make it one-all uh, as, the, as the game headed into the second 45 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, it was the Rocks who, as I say, a couple of wins on, on back-to-back. And, uh, yeah, they've done it again. Bailey Croom, uh, he's having a really good season for them. Uh, made it 2-1 with a, a direct free kick about 20 minutes or so left on the clock. Uh, and then they added a third. Uh, Ryan Sharp coming off the bench to extend their lead and, yeah, securing the securing the victory. Now we move on to Wells City, where the visitors were odd down, Tom. What happened here? Well, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a close, closely fought thing, uh, and it was Wells who probably will go home the happier. Uh, a one-all draw uh, it finished, um, but uh, odd down, yeah, pretty much in position to to gain the win after about 65 minutes. I think it was uh, Luke Bryan who, yeah, he's their top scorer this season. He added another one to his tally. 
uh, made it 1-0. And, uh, yeah, it looked like that was how it was going to stay. But uh, Wales, to their credit, yeah, kept battling. And in the seventh minute of added time in the second half, wow. uh, yeah, it was yeah pretty pretty late one. Uh, Craig Herrod levelling affairs and, uh, yeah, um, well, salvaging a point for, for Wales and, and breaking off down hearts in, in the same, uh, same, same passage of play. The late, late show. Um, there we go. And uh, finally, in the first division this week, a seven-goal thriller mm-hmm. between Wincanton Town and Lebec United. But were the home team at the races, Tom? Oh, the, the, the attack definitely was, wasn't it? A 4-3 win for them, <laughs> just about coming out on top. And, uh, yeah, it was only... Only 1-0 at half-time, so uh, plenty of action after the break, and it was the day's early kickoff as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty plenty to look back on, but it was a, a 4-3 win for, for Wincanton, as I say. Uh, Matt Garner scoring twice for the hosts, uh, and also goals from Connor Williams and Louis Owen. They're doing, doing well this season, those two. They do a lot of damage for the Wasps. But, uh, yeah, the Beck, to their credit, yeah, stayed in it, and one man in particular, Sasha Tong, uh, scoring a hat-trick, uh, a second-half hat-trick, um, but uh, in defeat, unfortunately, so... I think he's worthy of a worthy of a worthy of a mention, of course. But uh, it was Win Canton who came out victors. Now we take a look at the week ahead, and in particular the fixtures on Saturday, the twelfth of February. Tom, we'll start in the Premier Division. And what game has caught your eye? Oh, I've gone for Exmouth versus Shepton. So obviously Exmouth suffering that surprise surprise defeat. I'm wondering if they can, yeah, can they bounce back against the Mallet side, who obviously. Yeah, we'll be well, pretty pretty happy with how things have gone uh, recently. The win over Street will, yeah, should give them a bit of confidence. You thought so? That should be a, a decent game, I think, down there. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of tasty looking ties actually. Um, Canesham Millbrook should be a good encounter, and if uh, Cadbury Heath can pick up where they left off, there'll certainly be more than a handful for Saltash United, and um, when they travel there on Saturday. But the game that's caught my eye is. Um, Clevedon Town against Mausel. Tom talked earlier in the podcast about how well Mausel have been doing of late, so they'll have no fear going to Clevedon, I'm sure. But Clevedon themselves have been on a very good run of form. There's a lot of very good things going on at Clevedon Town, and I think that that will be um, a, a cracking game, not least because it's two footballing sides who really, you know, who really like to to um, to play the game the way it was uh, intended. So uh, I think that'll be a thoroughly entertaining spectacle, I'm sure. Uh, now I've said that, of course, it'll probably stink the place out. Anyway, um, moving on to the first division, and um, we'll well uh, we'll kick off again with you, Tom. Which game has caught your eye here? Gone for Welton versus the Telephones in, in the first division. Um, obviously, Welton. Yeah, you kind of mentioned it in the in the in the roundup. Is that a blip, or are they are they back? Are they are they firing on all cylinders? Well, well, the, the phones might not offer the the greatest answer to that question, but uh, yeah, it's, it'll be good to see if, if as I say, if Welton. Can, can maintain this. Obviously, they came under a bit of pressure, didn't they, from a couple of chasing sides. But now it's sort of levelled out a little bit. The top, top three. Um, yeah, can they can they push on and, and maintain a, a winning run? Yeah, now that I think you, I think that's a good, uh, good shout there, Tom. There's, there's a few interesting games, you know, um, in the in the first division. I mean, um, Sherborne against Gillingham Town, not least because um, um, that's got a bit of a, a, a slight derby feel about it. I'm sure that. Um, both sets of supporters will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, from my own meanderings down in that part of the world, I don't think they're a million miles apart, those two. Um, Sherbourne going great guns, of course, so um, um, they'll be strong favourites, I'm sure. But uh, the game that I'm going to pick out is the game that I will be at. Uh, Hengrove Athletic against Radstock Town. 
And, uh, well, Reds, Hengrove, I think, need to, um, you know, Hengrove have been doing a lot of good things on the pitch recently, and I'm sure they'll want to get back to winning ways. Radstock Town dropped points in the week away at Titherington Rocks, very much have a playoff place in, uh, in their sights, and I'm sure they'll want to have a return um, to winning ways. They've got an opportunity, actually, to go back-to-back wins because they're at home in midweek. Um, to Bishop's Lydiard. So um, be interesting to see how Radstock um, perform there, whether they can live up to their billing. Uh, now, before we go, um, I am going to talk about an initiative that the Toolstation Western League have um, started with Bath Mind. Bath Mind, uh, the charity, of course, that um, supports um, mental health uh, in the Bath and North East Somerset area. But of course, there are mind uh, mind groups across um, the southwest of England um, that will that will cover the whole of the uh, of the Western League. Uh, the, the Western League is starting this partnership as an initiative um, to see what support Mind can provide our football family and, in particular, our players. Um, those of you who were listening to the podcast during lockdown will remember that we did touch upon mental health many times, um, not least with the Think of the Fan initiative where we started to think during lockdown about those people who weren't able to get out and socialize and for many people and particularly people who watch football at our level it might be that uh, saturday afternoon out was perhaps one of the few times in the week that they got the opportunity to go out and uh, and meet with friends so we we met the the subject of mental health is not a new one to us but we thought it was important perhaps to think about a group of people who are involved in our game that perhaps don't necessarily spring to mind straight away when we're thinking about um, um, the challenge of mental illness, and that is our players, of course. All young men um, used to running around, being very fit uh, and uh, and enjoying themselves, but that doesn't mean that they're not immune um, to the challenges of mental illness, and that's really what this initiative has been designed to highlight. Bath Mind have kindly helped us to produce um, posters that will be displayed in our changing rooms, advertising um, services that specifically support young people. Um, who might be um, struggling with their mental health. Uh, and that's really about it. The rest of it is a awareness-raising exercise, like we're doing now on the, uh, on the podcast, just talking about not just the issue of mental illness, uh, mental illness but also um, the support that exists for people um, who, might be, who might be suffering. And hopefully by talking about the challenges that our players may be facing, um, we'll help a conversation within our clubs, not just with the players and the coaches, and the volunteers, but also with the supporters as well. We are one football family, and uh, this initiative is very much designed to try and support all of those members. Um, uh, if successful, uh, we hope that the Bath Mind initiative um, will be extended across the rest of our 40 clubs, but that will involve um, undertaking a similar exercise in other counties like Somerset, Bristol, Wiltshire, Devon and Cornwall, of course, and Dorset. So um, the the, uh, the success of uh, of this is very much, uh, uh, or the the future of this project is very much hinging on uh, what we achieve in Bath and North East Somerset across the six clubs uh, that we have in that area, which include Radstock Town, Hengrove Athletic, Welton Rovers, Canesham Town, Bishop Sutton, and Odd Down. And that's one of the reasons why I will be going. Uh, on February the 12th to Hengrove Athletic uh, against um, Radstock Town, uh, where I will be doing a bucket collection for Bath Mind and we will be presenting the club with their changing room posters as well. So um, hopefully that will be a jolly uh, a jolly occasion. If you fancy coming along to that game and saying hello to me, I'd be very, very pleased to, to meet you and make your acquaintance and hopefully we can do a little bit of good for a very important charity 
as well. So uh, you will be hearing more about that, I'm sure, both on the podcast and in other media formats as well. But I thought it was a very important initiative, um, not the sort of thing that perhaps you'd expect a football league at our level of the pyramid to be undertaking, but something that we considered from the very top of the board um, with our chairman, John Paul, was an important and worthwhile endeavour for us to do. And that's why we're, um, we're giving it our full support. Tom, thank you very much indeed uh, for your time on uh, on this week's um, podcast. Um, we have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? Oh, yes. So that is on the uh, Toolstation Western League uh, official website. It's about halfway down the homepage or so. Just to the, the left, there's a little tab. If you click on the click on the link there, it'll take you to the uh, yeah the most recent recent um, documents, which are, yeah come out every week. So that's uh, yeah that's uh, on the website. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time. And I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League Podcast.